God will get you for that. <laughs> Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God will get you for that, Walter. Is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Finley's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You for That, Walter. Or Mr. Williams. Or Mr. Williams, in this case. In this case, yes. My name is Tomcat, and I am joined by the fabulous, the effervescent, the jovial, the talented Tony Oper. That's me, I yes, think. Yes, that's you. I think. And that is the last <laughs> bit of complimenting you will get for the entirety of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This episode, we're going over The Slumlord, mm-hmm. uh, which was season one, episode 13, and it aired on December 19th, 1972. Yes, it did. <sighs> you know, I always, <laughs> I always forget just how much Norman Lear and the, uh, and the writers of Maud packed into every single episode in the first season. Yes, there, there was were a lot to digest. So much to digest. Like, I feel like we need some type of digestive to get to get through half these I episodes. Know. So, this episode deals with um, Walter and Maud, who signed paperwork about the uh, Riverview deal. Yes. Uh, which was a tenement. Yes. Um, it was supposed to be a, a tax shelter. It's supposed to be a tax shelter. Um, and there is now a uh, picketer in front of the Finleys' home saying, a slumlord lives here. Right. Well, before we get before to Before we even get to that, before let's... Before we get to that, let's start with the very beginning. Which is a very good place to start, so says Julie Andrews. Yes. Yeah, so we're in the living room. <laughs> we're in the living room, and Maud is talking to her plants. She's yelling at the plants. Yelling at the plants. <laughs> She's yelling at the plants. She can't talk... She can't just talk to the plants. No, never. She has to yell at the plants. She has to be aggressive and militant. Yes. <laughs> because... And that's the only time I remember, I remember seeing plants in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> only time I ever... I mean, maybe it was just a plot device. I'm sure it was. I think it was just a plot device. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably all died after, after that episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very they much weren't so. doing. They weren't doing well for They were not doing well for me. As it was. Uh, yes. Which is why she was yelling at them. (laughs) And she was almost talking to them like a drill sergeant. Oh, yeah. Like, you you better shape up or ship out. (laughs) No wonder they were expiring. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if Maud was yelling at me, I too would feel the same way. (laughs) So it is Carol who then comes in. Carol enters. To tell Maud that there is a black man picketing. Yep. So this this episode does deal with with the disparity between the races and uh, um, of course race a, class very much so race um, and class and uh, the social standing of white people in in reference to black people right uh, again very much an issue during the seventies um, I completely and totally blame Reagan and Nixon for a lot of the a lot of the problems that have co- that have that have happened to to black Americans. Um, but again, we can only speak as white queer individuals. We cannot speak for the entirety of the black community. We can't speak for any of the black community. We cannot speak for any of the black community. Okay. No. Um, so with that in mind, there is a black man outside picketing mm-hmm. that there are, there is a slumlord that lives here. So Carol is trying to like reason with more. And again, Carol was very... Uh, again, the logical, very um, progressively thinking, uh, very much the voice of reason in this episode. Correct, one hundred percent. Calling out a lot of the uh, hypocrisy going very on. Very much so. Definitely a lot of the hypocrisy <laughs> going on. Uh, 
Um, so, yes. Carol enters, and, um, yeah, the, the slum tenement was on River Street. Uh, it's owned by a new syndicate. Yes. That was, that was the thing. And Walter Findlay was part of that syndicate. He, he was one of the investors yep. of, the, of that syndicate. That I don't, Such a strange word to call it a syndicate. Very sounds, strange to call sounds it a syndicate. Criminal. Has, very much so. Sounds but criminal. I mean, blue collar... We yeah. look at that now. This yes. would technically be considered a blue collar crime. A white collar crime. White collar crime. A white collar yes. crime, not blue collar. Yes. I'm so sorry. De- definitely. So, um, you know, so when Carol explains to Maud that that's why the, uh, the gentleman is out there with a picket sign because... Walter is a part of this syndicate that is the owners of this tenement. This tenement, which is a slum, mm-hmm. that's that's what's going on. So that and Maud, of course, is like is like Walter. He can't. Walter is if a slumlord lives here, I'll eat him. Right. <laughs> so you know she's so she you know when they they do figure out that you know Walter is indeed a member of this syndicate. And it's, in like, it. the, way, the way that Maud described slums was very, was really accurate at the time. Like, mm-hmm. there were slums that were very much in disarray. Yeah. Very much um, unclean. There with, with roach, roach infestations rats. and rats and, and all that fun stuff. Very poor, and you know, living environment. Very poor living environment. Very yeah. poor living conditions. And they are usually in places like Harlem, she mentioned specifically. Right. And, you know, as someone who has not grown up in a co-op, I cannot imagine what that type of yeah. atmosphere is like. Uh, I don't know. Um, and again, just... An incredible amount of racial disparity was mentioned in this episode. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just, you know, it's a sign of the times that as much as times have changed, there are still a lot of things that have not. True. And, I mean, even for queer individuals, there's a lot of queer individuals that find shelter in um, those types of havens because they're either not allowed mm-hmm. to live in a, in a, I guess, a suburban area um, at least in the experiences that I've seen, and I've mm-hmm. definitely read about um, queer individuals not being able to find, uh, being only able to find that type of affordable housing. Yeah, well, especially you look at a lot of, um, you know, gay teens yeah. who are, um, you know, kicked out of out of the home by parents. As a matter of fact, in Harlem, there's the alley, I think it's the Alley Forty Center, Center that yes. B. Arthur donated. Uh, there literally is something called the B. Arthur House. Yes. She donated what was it three hundred thousand dollars? Yes, and they built they built a building mm-hmm. for um, trans youth. Yeah, for queer and trans youth. I, I done a little bit of fundraising. Yeah, for Alley Forty. So yeah. it it does it does affect it does affect queer and it does affect marginalized people. Yes, it does affect marginalized yes. people. So although in this in this instance in this episode in this episode it does deal heavily with with the black community. with the black community. Yes, very much so. Um, so Maud decides she's yelling at Walter to, what was it, dro- drop your socks, put up your pants, pull up your Drop pants, your socks, zip your fly, and get down get here. Get down here. Yes. Um, and Walter does, and of course, Maud intrudes. Oh, and she makes is, uh, Carol take Philip out the back, out the back. back way. Scrunch. 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 <laughs> Philip didn't even get, a, I don't think he even had a single word. No, nope, no words were uttered out of, out of poor Philip's mouth. Yeah. Um, but yes, Carol... Took him to school in the Volkswagen, mm-hmm. and Carol and Philip was like scrunched and and putting himself away and just hiding, I suppose. 
Um, but we'll get we'll get to Philip in a moment because he is mentioned again later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the episode continues, and when Walter comes downstairs to address these issues and whatnot, Maud is just belligerent, like just. How dare you? How could you? How could you be a slumlord? How could you be a slumlord? Going on and on and on and on and on and on. And and they decide to invite the picketer inside. And his name is George... Well, no, no. Before 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 we get to that. There's a before. Before, yes. Before we get to that. Arthur comes in oh, and Jesus makes Christ. the really super cringy. He has remark. made he, he it, like Arthur was in the house for maybe two seconds, and in those two seconds, he made very off color comments. Off color, wait, racist. He made, he made racist very comments. Racist comments. He referred um, to the uh, picketer as he, as a lawn as ornament. a lawn ornament. Yeah, as a lawn ornament. Much more animated than yeah. those colored jockeys. Colored jockeys. And yeah. I mean, just it only speaks. Please to, note, anyone listening. We're we're only repeating what we're only repeating the lines. We are only repeating the line that is said. Uh, and you know, it's it really is something because people like Arthur are the Republicans that we see in Congress today. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that something? Oh yeah. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. It I is. think it's absolutely awful. It is. But that's you know, that's the type of personality that Arthur mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Arthur mm-hmm. is a very much um I think by today's standards he would be considered a Aggressive conservative Republican. He'd, he'd be a MAGA hat wearer. Oh, yeah. He'd be a MAGA hat wearer. He'd be the Mitch McConnell yeah. of his generation. Absolutely. So um, it's, it's so funny that, I mean, later in uh, um, good his to, career. Uh, different strokes. Different strokes. That, um, and, and his, his, the actor's name is, is Conrad Bain. Conrad Bain. Conrad Bain, yeah. Um, became such a, you know, in, in different strokes with such a, you know, such a progressive. Uh, character. You know what we call that? We call that progress. Yes. But definitely. I mean, even so, um, Dixie Carter in Designing Women mm-hmm. was very Republican. Dixie Carter? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. The, the, the Dixie actress. Carter, the actress. The actress. The yes. actress who played Suzanne, Sh- not Suzanne Sugarbaker, that was Delta Burke. Uh, Julia um, Sugarbaker. Julia Sugarbaker was a very aggressive conservative. Oh, really? Very aggressive conservative. Interesting. Um, because there were, there was actually a stipulation in her contract later on where if she did one of her infamous Julia Sugarbaker rants, rants about progressivism and yeah. and uh, the um, the forwarding of the women's movement, uh-huh. she would do an episode where she would sing. Uh-huh. If she did an episode that involved her being a progressive, a Democrat, and just this the, the iconic Julia Sugarbaker that we know and love, she would be able to do an episode where she would sing uh-huh. later in the series. Yeah? Can I get that in my contract? <laughs> Well, see, it's different because you're not a conservative. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that's There's the loophole. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. That may sing anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the stipulation in her contract. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting seeing an actor play a certain way. Yeah. Um, when they're not when, when they're, they're not that when way. Not that way. Yeah. Interesting acting. So so Lloyd calls out Arthur, <laughs> uh, wanting to know where the where the the front end of the horse was. What a beautiful line. He was, he was the back. I mean, well, they couldn't say horse's ass. No, of course not. No. They only said that, I think, like once or twice in the series. Yeah. But everything else is like a horse's patootie. Right. Where right. they would call sex whoopee. Right. They would never use mm-hmm. actually those words. But right. Dan was used a few times. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I think, I think Walter went to try to call Tobin uh, to try to get out of the deal. 
I, I have it written down. I'd love to feed you to a Saint Bernard. Oh, yes. that's right, because uh, Arthur says it's a talking dog world. Talking dog world. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and I think I think that's about when. Um, oh no! Um, it gets worse. Vivian, Vivian called right. Vivian, Vivian calls, calls uh, and says that they are the talk. They're the talk of, of the supermarket. Because Maud goes, "Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I knew I can count on a friend to tell me what what's going on." Right. Um, so Arthur says before he exits. Uh, tell the police, just call the cops. Mm-hmm. And I even have written down, police protect slumlords. Right, which is true. It's very true. It's very true. It's very true. So, so yeah. you know, there's, again, a lot to unpack with this episode. Yeah. A lot to unpack it's, with this It's episode. funny, because it made me think about, remember, uh, on Golden Girls, yes. Dorothy was also a slumlord. Yes, the she Arthur was also playing, the, Dorothy the Arthur was a slumlord in slum one of those episodes. Because her and Stan... Um, on the apartment building. On the apartment complex that was left to stand by his dead uncle. Something like that, yes. Some to that effect. And they tried to put, um... The uncle. Yes. Dorothy's uncle, Uncle Angelo. Uncle Angelo. In the, um... In the apartment complex. And again, it was just... And Rose did the expose. Rose did the expose (laughs) on it. And she was what they call in the business next. Thank you for being a friend, Rose. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. That Rose, she was always stabbing in the back. like putting, Always. You always know, stabbing the back. Supposing Dorothy as a slumlord, putting Blanche and, and uh, Dorothy on the show as as lesbians. And the, the, the <laughs> yes. Real, the real, real lesbians were image consultants. They didn't believe in labels. <laughs> they didn't believe in labels. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, so the episode continues. It continues, and I think that's about when um, the gentleman is invited inside. Yes, Walter yes. invites him inside. Yes, uh, because that Walter, he... Walter had said he's black. I'll lift him off gently. Right, right. Because Maud, again, very progressive. A bit of um, she always tries to be the white savior. Mm-hmm. Maud always tries to be the white savior when yeah. she really doesn't need to be. Right. Right. So, which we saw, you know, when she first—it's—it's well, it's, it's a recurring hired theme. Florida. When she first hired Florida, she again—that's—that's that's a recurring theme with Maud, which I still—I still love when she was she was like, oh, you you have you you know call, call me Maud and this is Carol and what what and what do we call you, Mrs. Evans? Mrs. Mrs. Evans. <laughs> it's—I it's so mean, the writer—the writers did their homework <laughs> yes. with with what they had. So, actually, I want to address something. Before Arthur left, he was like, that's how business works. Yeah. Men, uh, and, and specifically men. Like, yes. they, he, he did not mention them because women were not involved in business transactions right. like this. Yeah. Um, so, the, just, I, I wish like hell I was able to, like, write down his entire line. Because it really showed the, I don't want to call it the dark side of business, but it showed how white-collar individuals were able to get away with mm-hmm. putting their money in these tax shelters. And they still do. Yeah, very much so today. They That's still do. They're gonna, I, I swear they're going to nail them for it. I hope to Christ they nail, they nail Trump for this nonsense. I, I, I mean, really, do we really need billionaires that can travel space? We don't need billionaires. Space? We do not need billionaires. Billionaires. You know how I feel about billionaires, I, Tony. I do not like billionaires. Billionaires in space. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am a firm believer that billionaires should uh, not exist. They just should not exist. exist. Nobody needs. They should, nobody no one needs. needs. No one needs that much that excess. Much money. No one needs that much excess. They, they have more money they could use in like 
hundreds of lifetimes. Yep. Well, other while well, there are literally, you know, which people only in the, on this earth that are starving. Yeah. It only speaks more to the type of character that Arthur is. Yes. Because there Absolutely. are people like that that do exist in this timeline. Mm-hmm. There are people like that that still exist like this today. Yep. So I just, yeah. oh my God Almighty! So they invite Mr. Williams in, and yes, and he's pointing out to uh, Walter how um, the, 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 there's like a roach in there, as building. big as the Volkswagen that Carol was driving, bigger, bigger than the Volkswagen that the Volkswagen Carol was driving. Where um, he saw, you know, Philip's I d- the top I, of his head scrunched down. Yes, uh, there was one line that tickled me when. Um, George, his name is George Washington Carver, Carver Williams. Williams, and when he was introducing himself, uh, Walter goes, "You were named after a great man," and Mr. Williams says, "No, I was named after my father. He didn't amount to much." Right. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. I don't know. Um. So Maud enters, and she goes, "Oh, hello, Mr. Pickett. Would yes. you like a cup of coffee?" Yeah, she's like so like. <laughs> Domestic goddess. Yep. <laughs> Domestic goddess. Right? He's like, you know, sweeping in, like, very, you know, very mod-like. Yes, you know? oh, let, me, so. let me welcome you to our, 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 our lovely home, and let me offer you, you know, coffee. Yeah. Uh-huh. very, you know. Domesticated. Yeah, very domesticated. So they all sit down, and they have a conversation mm-hmm. that pretty much goes over what it is that... They've done. They've done. Yeah. And even they can't explain it. No. I even have, uh, I think I have it written down. In our income tax bracket, which isn't all that high, uh, they have tax shelters where you invest money in the tax shelter. And just, they kept on going on and on in this circle where they just didn't know what right. it was that they were doing. Right. And I think one of the funniest lines in the se- in the episode was when Mr. when Mr. Williams turns to them and goes, and we think we got problems. Right. Because it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you have this, this lower, this lower class black individual talking mm-hmm. to these upper middle class white individuals, and they, the upper, the upper class white individuals don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just really, and I love how they're explaining to him. Well, you see, it's like, we, we, we take the money and we put it into this tax shelter so that the, the, the government can't, can't take any, any of that money. And he's like, oh, you're stealing. Yeah. Like it was, there was a lot of pointing out the hypocrisy yeah. of being of these like white collar grinds. Yeah. yeah, and how they're still happening today just really bothers the mm-hmm. hell out of me. It really bothers the hell out of yeah. me. Yeah, and I do, I do wish that there was more that can be done outside of you know voting for people that would do mm-hmm. more positive things for these neighborhoods That's and for right. these buildings. That's right. I mean, how many? I do have to say, mm-hmm. how many times? And I apologize for cutting you off. How many times have we seen in local news sources? Like, oh, this building hasn't been, like, re, um, renovated in mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. The paint's poly- uh, peeling off the ceiling. The, the plumbing needs to be redone. How yeah. many how many times do we have to continually see that on the news before something's done about it? You still see it. Yeah. I and mean, I think we'll continue to see it until the buildings fall down. I mean, and that's how we ended up with the problem in Florida. Yeah. That's how the, the condo was not renovated Mm -hmm. the condominium was not taken care of Mm -hmm. and it collapsed Mm -hmm. so we're gonna start seeing a lot more of that and i do think it's going to happen more and more frequently unless something is done about it and that's that's mentioned later on we'll get to that because i have it written down i have it written down here yes so now carol comes back with philip 
She had to bring him home mm-hmm. because another little girl called him a fascist pig. Yup. So even before that, I do want to point that out where um Mr. Williams, as Mr. Williams leaves to continue to pick at the house, mm-hmm. uh, he says, if you talk to your plants, they'll grow real special. Mm. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you have this this charming individual who's talking to the plants saying, yes. Oh, I hope you I hope you grow big and strong. Yes. I hope like like you, you need to talk kindly to your plants, yes. which earlier in the episode, Maud was not talking no. kindly to the plants. No. So after that and, and he points out that's how they talk to the cockroaches. That's how <laughs> That's how they talk to the cockroaches. Yeah, so that they'll be big and big strong. Big and strong. I guess. I don't know. So Carol has to bring Philip home from school. Yes, they d- yes, classmate called him a fascist pig. Yes. And then as soon as Philip goes upstairs, Florida silently. We don't hear anything. We, we hear no, we hear not a peep out of lines him. From, from Philip. That's when Florida storms in. And she um, quits. Quits on the spot. <laughs> yes. Uh she's uh, she uh, she actually turned to uh Walter and says, "Master Slumlord, your faithful old darky is leaving the plantation. Mm-hmm. Very much a, um, like it's a cringy line, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was delivered in a very honest way. Yeah. It was, it was delivered in a very yeah. honest way. And it only again speaks to Florida's character that yeah. she is, that this is who she is. And if you're going to insult her by mm-hmm. having this slum in your name, then what business does she have working right. for you? Right. And I think Maud did one of her, you know, Florida, do I do I look like a slumlord to you? <laughs> and then Florida delivers again one of my favorite lines. Um, all you slumlords look alive. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah. Oh. Um, and Maud proceeded to, you know, yell at, yell yell at Walter. Walter. And uh, and Florida actually stormed back in after having stormed out. After having stormed out. And she took were, a plant. She, she came back to take the African violet. To take the African violet. Pointing yeah. out that, you know, you know, it was not a conducive environment, not for, a conducive an environment African for an African plant. plant. <laughs> so that's that's the commercial break. Yes. That's where we get a commercial yes. break. Now when we come back, I have to point out, Maud is wearing the most... It is blue and orange outfit with an ascot. That outfit was hideous. And I think she had on, what was it, blue jeans? Blue bell-bottom jeans? No, wasn't it the same color, like orange, same color orange pants? I guess so. I, I'm pretty sure I it, guess was. it was that same because that's what they did. They did a lot of contrasting colors, but that was the thing in the '70s. I, I contrasting know. colors. I know, but not not the greatest like, in the universe. Like that that outfit, you can actually like stare at that outfit, and then if you looked at like a white wall, you would see the exact opposite. <laughs> you would then see like or, and like an orange shirt with like a with like with a blue sleeve, blue sleeves, blue vest, or whatever. I mean, that's it was it was oh that was. That was, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. That it was, was bad. that was like pure. I mean, when 70s I fashion. When, when I used to do my when I when I did Maud live, I would think about like what I could wear. What was it that I could get away with wearing? And I would have this. Um, I would like go through my wardrobe and see. All right, what works for Maud? Do I want to do? Because I had this. I, I think it actually belonged to my ex. Um, this orange man tailored shirt, and I'm like. Maybe I could put like something purple or or something blue over this and like make it really, really, really seventies. 
Um, and then I was like, nah, I'm just going to make my wardrobe. <laughs> Let, let's keep it easy. Keep it simple. Keep it light. Keep it cake. Keep it fragrant. I would actually love to see you recreate that that orange and blue. <laughs> just I can do it too. It's just so hideous. I'm just like, it, it's, it's so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there were a lot of fashions, like um, Carol's number with that beautiful per- uh, violet um Yeah, showing off that she the girls. So, showing off the girls. And she had this, like, high-waisted, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was culottes or a skirt. I think it was a skirt. I think it was just a skirt, yeah. I think it was a skirt. Um, <laughs> oh, very interesting fashion. Very interesting. So Maud's on the phone. With Carol Ann. With Carol Ann? I no, think I thought she was on the phone with, I thought she said Valerie. Valerie, that's she what it was. I, yeah. Still that long A. Yes. Uh, so she was on the phone with Valerie, who was like, "You can call me. You you can call me any name. I've already heard them. I've heard every name in the book." But she hadn't heard that. She one. hadn't heard that <laughs> one. Which I can only imagine what it was during yeah. that time. Yes. Uh, that's when Carol comes comes down, and the phone rang again. Yes. So Maud's pretending to be the, the answering machine. I love that line. <laughs> love that line. Isn't hello. <laughs> this is a recording. When you hear the beep, leave your name and number, and you will be called when I return. You should live so long. <laughs> beep. And we come to find out that the oh. building cannot be renovated for under a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars back then was a lot of money. I can mm-hmm. only imagine. How much money it would take to fix up those co-ops in in like Queens and Brooklyn? Millions. And all, millions. Oh, absolutely millions. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm hoping that the infrastructure bill passes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope it passes. Yeah. So, um, actually, think, no, that's not true. I hope the money that's in the infrastructure bill go, is allocated to fix up actual infrastructure. Let's hope. Yeah. Fingers hope. crossed, man. So, uh, Mr. Williams comes back in. Yes. He wants to use the bathroom. Yes. And that's that's where we were were at that point. And uh, Maud's already given him a hot lunch. Maud gave him a hot lunch. <laughs> uh, and that's when we find out that Maud, that Maud is Maud, a slumlord, too. That yes. Maud signed the paperwork. As a matter of fact, she said, um, or was it that stack of blue papers you brought in while I was watching Marcus Welby perform a... Operation on a prostitute with a to, benign tumor. To remove a benign tumor. To remove a benign tumor. And I guess Maud was so distracted that they signed the paper. Right. And, I mean, even today, like, would you take time to read pages and pages and pages of contract? That's why you have lawyers. Yeah. That's what lawyers are for. Yeah. But, I mean, even so, I don't think, at that time, I do not think that certain individuals would be able to afford a lawyer to go over all of that paperwork. Whether you're up... I mean, class class and race have nothing to do with it. But, I mean, you would want somebody to go over that paperwork. I, I'm, I'm sure, especially at that time... Yeah. It would be no like... One, no one you would know, Especially, you know, the the wife was not really um, involved in Which, a lot of... That's also addressed in this episode. Yeah, you know, where the... the you know, it was... It was, you know, it was a man's world. It was a man's world. For a man would just be like, "Oh, honey, here, I need you. I need you to sign this paperwork. What's it? What's what's it for?" So it's just some forms that I I got. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it was. Yeah. That's all it was. You know, like I remember um, my grandmother. You know, when it came to like uh, voting, she would like she would like say to my grandfather, "Oh, who 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 are are you voting for?" Okay. Who Who are are, we? She'd be like, "Who are we? Who are we voting for?" Yeah. And he would he would tell her, oh, we're, we're, we're voting for for this one, and that's how she voted. That's how she, she didn't voted. she didn't think about you know 
the ramifications. Vetting the candidates. Yeah. Or, you know, she... You know, she I, had a lot to do. That's... She had to, she had to get her meat at one supermarket. Then she had to go to another supermarket to get the produce. And then it was a, it was a different, a completely different other supermarket for whatever you know entry stuff. So well, I mean, that was actually <laughs> that was mentioned in an, in an earlier. That was the ticket. Mm-hmm. The episode, the ticket, where Maud went yes. to like the A and P Bohax, yes. yes. uh, Key Food, Net, just go to all of these different yes. grocery stores for different produce and products. Yes. Um. But yeah, this was two. It's just so interesting how far mm-hmm. we've come and how things really haven't changed all that much. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary because I think that's even honestly that's the same thing with my mother. Mm-hmm. Like my mother won't won't pay attention to politics. She'll just like she she'll make her own. Like my mother will make her. She'll have cognitive thought about who she's voting for, right. but she'll still end up voting the same way my father does. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep, see? It's... Times have changed, but they really haven't. Yeah. The more things change, the more they stay, stay the, the same. same. Yeah. So. so the episode continues. Uh, we find out that Maud is, in fact, she signed the paperwork. And right. therefore... She's, you know, Mrs. Slumlord. She's Mrs. Slumlord. Yes. And Carol, of course, uh, her part in this is she's calling... She's calling Maud out on her hypocrisy. That, you know, she's, you know, she's also a slumlord. Yeah. So... And, uh, you know, when Walter said, how does it feel to have your own words thrown in your face? Mm. Like, Maud was very honest. She says, at least it came from Carol because Carol, Carol is standing to her principles and I should too. Right. Because if it were up to Maud, she also would be throwing Walter out with the picketer. Right. With Mr. Right. Williams. So Walter's been trying to find someone, someone to, to buy. buy him uh, out. It's also important to remember that Mike Tobin... Uh, was the name used for yes. the person who was trying to get the Riverview deal um, yes. off the ground? Yes, um, it was all his. It was all his scheme. All his scheme. All his doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we never see. My, we never see or hear from my. To- I mean, he's only mentioned. And I think, um, do we have a name of the buyer who eventually bought bought them out? No. No. Okay. No, then I don't think. No. We're not going to address that. We'll no. do, we'll address that when it comes to us. Yes. But the thing is, <clears throat> um, Walter. He's only offering like sixty cents on the dollar. Sixty-seven cents on the dollar. So, so he'd be out thirty-two, thirty-two hundred, thirty-two hundred bucks. Thirty-two hundred bucks, which um, is you know not a, a small amount of money. Not at that time. And and, it, and I mean, at that time, it was at that time, a large it was amount of money. Yeah. A large, it was a very large, large amount. Of money. I mean, I can remember my parents. They bought their home around that time. Yeah, and their home was, I think, eighteen thousand. There's actually a couple of posts I've seen on, I've seen on Facebook, where um, people will say, "Oh, years ago I bought this house for for seventeen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and now it's worth over a million. Right? And it's just it's so it's so fascinating to see how much inflation has affected our our overall economy. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's terrifying. It's so terrifying because what's going to happen in another 30 years? I don't know. What's going to happen in another 10 years? That's that's something else that needs to be taken into consideration. You know, I see, I see a lot of times where um, uh, the older generation... They're calling out the younger generation. Oh, you, you, you know, you don't you don't want to work for anything, and 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 you know, and this stuff. And it's like, but when you were that age, you could work. For something, and it, you can and work one job. Attainable. You can work one job, and you were able to afford a lifestyle that was very comfortable for you on one job, right? Um, and oh boy, <laughs> story time. 
Um, when I started looking gather around, for, children. Ga- gather around, children. <laughs> <laughs> when I started looking for work, um, my father insisted that mm-hmm. I find something with a four hundred one k that has job security that has all of these bells and whistles attached to it. Uh-huh. You cannot find an occupation like that without a college degree. No, you can't. And it's very challenging. I dropped out of college, mm-hmm. uh, so it was very difficult for me to find an, uh, to find an occupation that I was comfortable enough in where I knew that I would be able to make at least some type of money. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my father did not realize, and I've actually had to have multiple conversations with him about this, uh-huh. where you cannot afford to live. Specifically on Long Island no. in New York, yeah. you cannot afford to live for under $75,000 a year. Right. Where you would need to. And what occupation is going to um, uh, reward you with that much money where you don't have a college degree? It's very, very challenging. And now even people who have college degrees are having a very difficult time locating work. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's. It speaks to the generations prior where it's like, oh, it was so easy for me. You could just walk into a place and get a job. And it's like, that's not how it works anymore. No. That's not how it works. There's vetting processes. There's background checks for even retail positions. Yeah. And these retail positions, I I remember I started working in 2009 for $8.25 an hour. Mm -hmm. I started working for, I think, no, was it $8.25 or $8.50? Regardless. Mm -hmm. In 2009, my starting uh, salary was eight twenty five an hour. Mm-hmm. I think my first year I made uh, $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I made $9,000. Oh, and then the year after that I made $8,000. Okay. And it just kept on getting lower uh-huh. and lower and lower. Uh-huh. Because my raises were only $0.25. Cents. Yeah, what is that? That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. absolutely nothing. I think my my most recent occupation, I was making thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and I was still struggling to get by. Of course. So it's like, what is it going to take for these legislatures and these people who are creating these legislations to get it through their thick heads that we cannot afford to live on $15 an hour. If $15 an hour was the minimum wage, there are still people that would be, that would be struggling along, especially in major, in major city areas and in areas where it's very, very expensive to live. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I say tax the rich. Yeah. Tax the rich, tax the churches, get that money circulating. And there's, Another post that I saw, if you give a poor man $600, it's immediately recirculated into the economy. Right. If you give a wealthy man $600, they can sit on that money. Oh, yeah. They can sit on that money. They can put it, in, they can put it into Swiss bank accounts. They yeah. can put it into other accounts. Oh, yeah. They can put it into their savings. Right. And it won't be circulated. Right. So it's very... It's very difficult. Like... As I've gotten older, I am definitely starting to see you're either upper class or you're poor. Yeah. The middle class is it's, slowly being, it's, like, it's, ground and eroded away. It's, yeah, they're putting the squeeze on it, and it's, it's like, just, yeah. And, you know, the more, the more these, these upper middle, these upper class white individuals who are in positions of power, they can make the rules. Yeah. And it's just, it's not working anymore. No. And I've seen a number of people who are just like, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? There was actually one that I saw that was, um, we are at a point in history that is very similar to how the economy was uh, during the French Revolution. Not during the French Revolution. Um, oh, during God. When? 
during when uh, Marie Antoinette was in power. Okay, yeah, that would be the French Revolution. It would be the French Revolution. Yes. Oh, thank God. You had it right the uh, first time. History, it paid off. Yes, you Go know, to school, kids. You know, let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. And Although she never she never really said that. No, uh, I think <laughs> it was what? Qu'il mange de la brioche? I, I don't know. I think, I, it, was, it was something similar. Yeah. Something similar to that. Um, and, you know, there was a giant revolution. Like, yeah. they just rose as one, as a, as a power of one, and slain them. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, and this is something that we're seeing in very much the present day, is that these dinosaurs in Congress are pitting the poor against the poor. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not our fault. Right. It's the Mexicans who are taking your yeah. job. It's not our fault. It's the black people who are taking this from you. Right. And it's just, they're creating this, they're creating such a divide. Where it's like, what is it going to take for people to realize that it's not their fault. It's the people in power's right. fault. Right. They're and the ones pulling the strings. Yeah. They're the ones pulling the strings, and to the, to the victor go the spoils, more or less. Mm-hmm. And that's how we ended up with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, and these people who were able to make money off of the backs of their employees. Right. And it's it's just, it's not going to get better. It, no. is, it is certainly not going to get better. It is going to get much, much worse until someone decides to say, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tangential, but uh, appropriate to, to the conversation to, that we're yeah, very having. germane to this episode. Very much so. Ooh, an S and T word. You know, every episode I have to throw in. I have to throw one in. Yes, and I appreciate just, them every time. Just just to make my myself seem more astute <laughs> than I truly am. No, I, listen, I can say this as someone who's known you for a long enough period of time. You are a very intelligent person. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, I complimented you twice. Yeah, I know. Episode. You went again, you went back on your word. Does this mean I get to sing in the next episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you have to sing Hard Hearted Hannah. Oh, oh no. I hate that song. <laughs> oh, don't, don't die during, oh, during recording. I promise nothing. You know. <laughs> so the episode continues. Um, and Arthur comes in, right? And he's tra- he's he's offering to buy. He's offering to buy our buy Walter out for what was it? Fifty five. Now it's important to note that Maud is trying to also haggle with Arthur because Maud is a intelligent businesswoman. Mm-hmm. She under she understands the value of the dollar. Mm-hmm. She is a college educated woman. She right. has done the thing. But Walter was like Maud. Why don't you go into the kitchen and make right. us some coffee? And it's like he, he doesn't want her to to screw up the deal. He doesn't want her to he, screw up the he deal. He thinks he's gonna get Arthur to to buy it, and you know, and I guess you know because he knows Maud. You know, she she's the perfect person to like rile Arthur up. Yes. And he, so he's like, I guess he. I think he was thinking, let me get her out of here so I can you know you know schmooze Arthur. And he'll he'll buy it, and, and it'll all be good. And even Arthur said, "Like, oh, it's a it's a great piece of property. Like, yeah. for someone of Arthur's status, who is a doctor, right. who is able to um, accrue and afford these things, it would be a great business expenditure mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. in his mind's eye." Yeah. So uh, they're going on and on about it, and then Maud re-enters with some hors d'oeuvres and yes. some coffee, Swedish meatballs. For one, for one thing, Swedish meatballs, <laughs> and I think what pig in a blanket, pig in a blanket, um, 
So Maud is trying, and then she says, "She's back to domestic goddess." That- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she says, "How uh, about what was it? Five? How about seven thousand? Yes, yes. So at least Walter will only lose mm-hmm. a thousand. So we'll, um, Arthur goes." I'm sorry, 5,500 is the highest that I'll go. Final offer, yes. Um, and again, it just points out the hypocrisy what, of what it's what like. Is that, is, that, is, that your, is that your final answer? Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> yes, is that who wants to answer? be a millionaire? Um, is that your final answer? And Carol is still calling um, them out. Yeah, Carol's still calling them out. Actually, earlier, before... Before Arthur comes in, mm-hmm. Mr. Williams is in, and they're having a back and forth where, yes. like, yes. now Maud is prop- not propositioning, but giving Walter an ultimatum where you're either going to sell, because mm-hmm. he, um, we, we missed, we missed a lot. Uh, there was a point where Walter was given an offer of 55000 We mentioned that, where he would lose 3200 He would lose 3200 He would lose yes. 3200 Yes. No, we um, did discuss it. He was offered $0.60. Cents. But then Mr. Williams comes in and they have the back and forth. Mm-hmm. Maud and Walter have the back and yes, forth. Yes, yes. Um, Maud basically says, you either take the offer or you lose me. Yes. And Mr. Williams says that might not be such a bad proposition. Yes, exactly. Where we get Maud saying, God will get you for that, Mr. Williams. Yes. <laughs> um, so Mr. Williams, I think, is taken um, to the bathroom. I think Carol takes him to the bathroom. Yes, And yes. then Arthur comes in. Yes. And then they do their whole shtick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where Arthur <coughs> says, I will give you... I, I think it was 5,500. 5, 5,500. The, the numerics... Uh, it, yeah. the, we, can, we can mess them up a yes. little bit. But I mean, yes. even so, like, this is pennies compared to today's economy. Oh, yeah. Pennies compared yeah. to today's economy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, <clears> and... Um, Whatever it was, uh, seven seven grand. Um, seven thousand was what Maud had asked Arthur to pay, and Arthur said, "No, I won't do anything less. I won't do anything more than fifty five. Right. So Maud calls him right. out and says, "Well, if it was a good deal at right. eight, why? What's what's the big deal? Like, right. what's what's a what's a thousand dollars? Um, what's a thousand dollars? What's a thousand? To me, a thousand dollars is still a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um." So it ends, Maud ends up like relenting and saying, I'll make up the $2,500 loss. Right. Because she'll do, <laughs> because Walter asks, like, where are you getting $2,500 from? Yeah. <laughs> and Maud goes, oh, you know, day old bread, um, household accounts, cheating at Keno. <laughs> cheating at Keno. And in all the years of their marriage, she's managed to save $40. $40. I think that was a joke, though. I, I, know, know. I, I think that was definitely her joke. I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. It's. I mean, to me, it's like the way that she delivered it. Fine, fine, Walter. In the whole of our marriage, I have only been able to save forty dollars. Right. Like I do think that was very tongue in cheek because I am positive Maud was able to save more than that. Yes, but she don't want. She, I'm sure she wouldn't, she wouldn't want, want Walter to know. How she wouldn't much, want Walter. How much she saved? Absolutely not. Uh, uh, so after uh, it's decided that um, Arthur is going to be the buyer, they get a phone call. And no, they never agreed to. Oh no, they, that's right. They didn't agree to. Agree to it. There, was, there was no agreement. It was um, just a lot of back and forth yes. until the buyer called. Yes, I think. Well, well, Mr. To- I believe it was Mr. Tobin. Tobin yes, Tobin called to tell Walter that he found a buyer willing to pay seven thousand. So Walter would only be out a thousand dollars. And uh, Maud says, "Oh, I'll make it up to you. Oh, I'll make it up." Like you're right. basically they're going to have yes. the time of their life tonight. Yes. And it's always nice that sex becomes the bartering chip. Yes. <laughs> well, nature's credit card. <laughs> I never leave home without never it. Home without it. 
How do you think I pay for all my wigs? <laughs> oh my god, you're killing me twice this episode. Oh my god. So. Oh my goodness. That's that's what's determinable. Um, so they bring in Mr. Williams, Mr. Williams comes back in to tell him the good news. That uh, they sold, <coughs> they sold their their hat, their part of the. the They're no longer slumlords. No longer slumlords. Um, of course, nobody thinks to bring up this place is still a slum. It's still a slum. It's still a slum. And just because, just because Walter and Maud are selling their share and they're no, not involved with it, it doesn't change the fact. Well, that was another thing that Arthur brought up. Oh well, you're gonna. Well, I'm gonna have to pay for moving expenses. Mm-hmm. And right. Maud goes, "What moving expenses? Oh well, if that picket, if if you sign it over to me, that picket's gonna move to my place." Right. And just it it infuriated Maud. Yeah. Which I mean, it would also infuriate anybody. Yeah. With half a brain. But Arthur had a had a valid point. Arthur did have a valid point. He was point. he was you know buying into the into the slum, and he knew it was a slum. And knew that this gentleman could still pick, pick it his house yeah. as a, as for being a slumlord. It's Arthur's a dick. Oh well, yeah. Just recurring theme. Arthur's a dick. Arthur was a dick. Um. So okay. the deal the deal is is signed over. They they the, the after the phone call, everything's right as rain. Mm-hmm. They bring in Mister Williams and they tell him the good news. Right. Um, and he's uh, he's happy, but at the same time, like, I don't understand how one would be happy if yeah. like, just because one person isn't... Like, uh, that... that I'm trying to think of what that would be called. Like, what what SAT word can you pull to, like... Why? Why Mr. Williams would, would be happy? Um, it, it, it was just a strange situation. It's like... Because it didn't Even change, Car- like it the, didn't change his situation. Not at all. It didn't change his situation at all. It's like this: the the slumlord ownership is just being you know, reallocated. The buck is, was just being passed. Yeah, the buck was just being passed. Nobody, you know, really, there should have been something of of like, well, we're you know getting out of this, but you know, we're gonna like, we're gonna like. Take some steps. Maybe we'll call an advocate. We'll contact an advocacy group. We'll make it, you know, an advocacy um, agency, you know, or or we'll 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 publicize that you know this this place needs to be brought up to code or something. I don't know. It's I mean, it depends sort of on like, how it depends on how far <clears throat> you want to suspend your disbelief, right? Right. Um, because you can, on the one hand, you can say Maud would file a claim with the uh, with. Whomever is in charge. of I the mean, the previous deal. episode, she was willing to go to jail for the for, for the, the kid, kid who was caught with the marijuana. Was caught with yeah. marijuana, but here now with the um, with the uh, the tenement that's the slum, she's just like, oh, just get us out of the, just get just us get out us out of the, the deal out of the deal. So and there's there's no thought to like you know oh well, we've got the situation that this person yes, is in. You know why isn't she organizing like you know a, a demonstration? You know calling out the. Uh, yeah, this calling is, out the organization that bought the the tenement, right, and that is keeping it as a slum. So, and even like even so, you still have to take into consideration the building is not going to be fixed for under a hundred thousand right. dollars. And you know these people that are that own the property are not going to to fix it. They're not right. going to fix it no. up, not unless it falls down, right? And then you're just the. The episode is very interesting because it does point out the hypocrisy of these these individuals mm-hmm. who are like, 
and again, it only speaks to to the show itself that you would have this aggressive, militant, pro-black, pro just this progressively thinking woman, right? Um, unable to do more than what the writers allowed her to do, right? So, I, it's it just it just to me it's sort of like it ends on like a strange note. It ends on a very bizarre note. Yeah. Ends on a very bizarre note. There's no resolve for Mr. Williams. No. There's only resolve for Florida and Maud and Walter and Carol. Yeah. There's there's only resolve for them. There's no resolve for Mr. Williams because no. he, still, he still has to go back he still to, has a, to a, go a rat infested, roach encrusted home to, home. to a, a, a slum yeah. tenement. Yeah. It's all, you know, we've, we've mentioned this in previous episodes. It's also very important to note that certain, um, that marginalized people were just not able to afford. Uh, housing in certain suburbs because right. they were just you know Smith, yeah, Smithtown, Levittown, like yeah. specific. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know of many areas like that outside of New, of Long Island, but I do know that in uh, Smithtown and Levittown, you just were not able to afford. You were not able to. Not even you were. You were not able to afford. But if you were black, you were ostracized from from those suburbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was what. That was what Mr. Levitt wanted. Right. That was what the person who, who um, I guess, ran Smithtown at the time also mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's... Yeah, well, it used to be that, you know, realtors... Yes. Um, you know, as a person of color, they, they would not take them to certain certain areas. Um, it's, it's now, you know, it's completely So illegal. it's like, what other options do they have but to live in those types of conditions? Yeah. I mean, they would just, you know, they, they would act very illegally. And they, oh, yeah. You know, if somebody would, you know, a person of color was like, oh, oh, I, I was hoping to, you know, go to, you know, this area. What They'd be like, oh, there's nothing. They would just be like, oh, there's and nothing available still, there. You know, it's so sad. That still happens today. Oh, yeah, Where sure, if no. a, if a, I remember reading that a black woman was trying to sell her home and she was married to a white male. Mm-hmm. And, um, or was a black male married to a white woman? Um, and the woman was showing the house, mm-hmm. and I think she had to turn all of the pictures down, or she would hide the pictures, oh. and she would get a better deal from someone for selling her house without the picture showing. Huh. So I, I I remember reading that story someplace wow. where oh yes, it's it's awful, mm-hmm. it's absolutely awful that this still happens today. Mm. Um. Well, I know because uh, having had to just you know recently sell my father's home, mm-hmm. um, the realtor that I was using, she she told me that you know um, at least here on Long Island, um, they're very very strict now. And she said you know a lot of times the you know the um, the the you know, realtor licensing board, yeah. the, you know they, they'll actually um, send in people uh, undercover. To like see like how the um, agents are, are, you know, what they're doing yeah. to make sure that they're, um, you know, on the up and up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they'll try, they'll try, you know, try to see if they'll, you know, try to pull a, a fast one, like, you know, you know, telling oh, oh, you don't want to go to that area or, or this or do that or this, you know, sway um, them, try and sway them, yeah, you know, because they they're you know, at least as far as you know, here in New York. Um, it's it, you know it's it's non-discriminatory. That's that's the law in certain areas. I w- I would venture to say that there are still some people that are like uh, 
Uh, it's the same of thing. Of course, that's why the agency has to send people in. Yeah, that's why the agency has to send people undercover to, to like, catch them. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's just unfortunate that it still happens. Like yeah. fifty years later, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Fifty years later, mm-hmm. the market is still very much a white-run organization. Oh, yeah, um, uh, it just it, it it really does break my heart, and I do wish yeah. that there was more that can be done to yeah. you know change that. Yeah. So Maud makes. Um, Trying to like alleviate the situation, she makes Walter give him sixty bucks. Give him, give Mr. Williams six sixty bucks. Yeah, and then at that point, I think Florida enters. Yes, and yes. you know, Maud tells Florida the good news. Right, like we right. sold, we sold the Riverview deal. We're no longer we're, we're no, no longer slumlords slum because yeah. Florida came back and she was like, I had to pick up my uh, my radio and my television right. set. Yes, um, and in doing that, Maud told her the good news, mm. and then. Um, Walter ended up, I, I don't, I forget what happened between what Walter said and when they all agreed that, like, everything was fine. I think even Maud was apologetic, like, I wish that there was more that could be done. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. She was. And, uh, and I think Carol said, well, what's $60 going to do for him? Right. Like, that's not going to, that's not going to help his situation. Right. Which she was and, right. Which she was very right about. But Walter had said, why don't you run up the money in a crap game or something? Yeah. And that was yeah. just... Walter, shut up. Yeah. Just why are you opening your mouth? Yeah. Um, and, and because, Walt- you know, it was it was a very it was a very prejudiced comment. Yeah. It was a very prejudiced comment yeah. to make. And Maud was like beside herself. Like, how yeah. could you say something like that, yeah. like that to this person? Um, and then Mr. Williams says, I'm going to put it towards a worthy, worthy cause. Worthy cause. And uh, the writers, again, the writers knew what they were doing. Just, yeah. again, very tug-in-cheek. But yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, and when he said, I'll put the money towards Worthy Cause, uh, towards Worthy Cause, Florida says, Worthy Cause is up 10 to 1. Yeah. So he's going to put the 60 bucks. And she gives him money to put yeah, down for Yeah, puts five do- put $5 on the nose for me. Yeah. For yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, we have off-track betting here. It's, it's, yeah. it's just gambling. So yeah. the money's still being run up towards something illegal. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess. Well, not, well no, it's, it's, it's legal here. That's, yes, it's, of course, it's, it's legal, legal here. here. Which always, it always amused me that so many people were against casinos on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the I've seen so many signs where like, no casino, don't mm-hmm. put a casino, mm-hmm. don't put a casino here. Right. Um, but the building's making a lot of money. Yeah. The building's making a lot of, yeah. that building is making a killing. Yeah. And yeah. just, I, I, I don't know. I think they worry about the, ancillary things when it comes to uh, gambling. Yeah. Like, you know, that you know, because it always involves alcohol and uh, which, you know, people worry about drugs and prostitution and, you know, there's a lot of ancillary issues that go along with gambling. With gambling. I mean, you look at, you know, like in Vegas and, you know, um, but... Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> That's what it, happens in Vegas. Yeah. It's Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, but it, it ha- but it, you know, it, it goes along. It goes along with it. Although I, I don't, I, since we've had like the casino here on Long Island, there's been a couple of holdups. Have they? Have there been? Not not been hold any? not holdups in the building, but holdups outside the building. Like outside. someone's been mugged outside the building. Yeah, see, and I think that's only happened like maybe twice, maybe mm-hmm. three times, and in, since its inception. Although in this current um, climate, it's like those yeah. kinds of things are rampant everywhere. Yes, they are. Um, so, yes, they are. Because people, I think, are at their wits' ends. <laughs> oh, good blame them. Yes. So, uh, 
That's where the that's where the episode ends. No, um, no, 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 no. I mean, that's where the episode ends. Then there's the epilogue. Yes, yes. Then we, we have the, an epilogue. The, the epilogue with Walter is talking. Walter is talking to the glowingly plans. and lovingly so to the plants. sweetly because you know he, he got some, laid. He had, <laughs> you know, he, you know. Him and, and Maud had their fun that evening. After the loving, <laughs> I'm still in love with you. Thank you. So uh, you I had to get, get some. some sing. I had to get some singing in. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's only fair when I my, sing. My ankle hurt, Humperdinck. That's who sang that. I Ingle know. Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a fun fact: my grandmother's favorite singer of all time, Engelbert Humperdinck. Engelbert Humperdinck. She said he he can put his shoes under my bed any any time. I'm going to use that expression from now on. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use that expression. Uh, so. Maud comes down. Maud comes downstairs, and she overhears. Yes. She overhears. P.S. That is one of my favorite favorite robes that she. That wears. was a beautiful robe. Thank like God, because I blew an orange out. <laughs> Horrible. It is. I mean, it was of the time. That I was know. what. That was what women wore. They wore oh. contrasting colors. God. And I mean contrasting Con- colors. Yeah, you don't get more contrast than blue and orange blue and on orange. the color wheel. <laughs> mm. Well, oh. good, good for her. Yeah. Hey, but I mean that taught me how to color correct. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, because you put orange yeah, you over put the blue and, and blocks it out. Oh, I know. Oh, you know. We I both know. know. We both We've know. both been there. We both know. Um, oh, <laughs> I have that written down, actually. What? When, um, after the deal was signed over and whatnot, yes. uh, Arthur says, um, Arthur says something about him not being able to help or that he wasn't able to help. Mm-hmm. And then Maud says, well, I'll say it for you. You didn't help. You didn't help. Because no, just uh, Arthur loves to self-aggrandize, but oh, I think that was Arthur. just Arthur. Arthur's dick. Yes, Arthur's a dick. Period. That was his. End. That was his role to play. So Walter's preening to the plants, um, and then Maud comes downstairs, overhears, takes him inside, takes him aside, and says, "Walter, not in front of the begonia." Yeah, I mean he's just a baby, just a baby, and that's where the that's where the episode that's ends. Where it ends. Whew. Oh my. You know, you never realize how exhausted you are after talking like such politics for an hour. I know it's 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 something else, and then using such big fancy words. No, your brain is just so fatigued. Yeah, um, <laughs> fatigued. But yes, thank you for joining us on another marvelous, marvelous episode of God Will Get You With That Walter. If or, or Mr. Williams. Or Mr. Williams. As it may be. As it may have been in this case. Yes. Um, if you would like to follow us, you can at. Finley's Friendly Appliances on Instagram. You can email us at Finley's Friendly Appliances at gmail.com. Yes. If you would like to follow me, you can at that Tomcat and that Tomcat.com. And if you would like to follow this gorgeous individual, you can at TonyHolperm.com. And, and also, uh, don't forget, people can listen to our podcast. Um, they can they can follow us on Facebook at God will get you for that Walter, Walter yes. and on most of the streaming platforms, including say iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and Spotify, Pandora, all, all at God will get you for that Walter, yes. and uh, on YouTube mm-hmm. as well. That's God right, we're on YouTube at God will get you for that Walter. God will get you for that Walter, and we'd love it if you would. Subscribe, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us. Like, subscribe, chat with us. Yes. We're all about communicating and we're, stuff. We're, we're lonely. We don't we don't hear from you people. We, we only have listening. each other, and that's not enough. No, it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. I'm sorry. 
Oh my goodness gracious, but we will see you again. We won't see them. We won't see them, son of a bastard. <laughs> They'll hear us. You'll hear us again on another episode of... God, God will get, get you for that, Walter. Walter. Have a wonderful day, kids, and we'll see you... We'll hear you soon. You'll hear us soon. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>